3-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and my website's educateforlife.org.org. And today I've got a really uh, cool guest in the studio today, and uh, actually somebody that grew up in the same neighborhood as I did, and we'll talk more about that later, which is kind of funny, but um, I actually was uh, looking through Facebook, and I saw a really cool uh, post by him, and uh, he was recently in Donovan State Prison, so... uh, uh, as a guest, though, let's make that clear, right? Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not permanent. <laughs> yeah, not permanent. He was a guest, and uh, let me tell you a little bit about him before I bring him on. He's a he's a longtime fixture in the professional skateboarding world. He is a design project manager for New Line Skate Barks. He grew up in Southern California, right down here in Ocean Beach, same place I grew up. And um, he is he was a professional skateboarder for twelve years. He's traveled all over the world, and now he designs skate parks for a living. He's been doing this for 13 years, and uh, he's got all kinds of cool things. And uh, the most awesome thing about him is uh, he loves the Lord, and uh, he has a strong faith in the Lord, and that's what he was actually doing in the prison. Uh, Canton, thanks for being on the program today. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. He's CantonRussell.com if you want to learn more about him. He's a, a super cool guy, very good uh, at skateboarding. If you're into skateboarding or if you have kids that are into skateboarding, uh, he's an awesome role model, somebody to look up to, that they can look at him and say, uh, wow, I can really achieve um, some amazing dreams. He's doing what he loves. So, hey, uh, tell us, uh, how did you end up uh, at Donovan State Prison? Wow, that was a very interesting and very kind of random. Yeah. Um, someone from East Lake Church, when I was at one of the services, uh, was talking about some of the outreach they've been doing there at Donovan State Prison. Um, for those of you who don't know, East Lake Church is down in the Chula Vista area in East Lake, um, where I live. Uh, we've been attending church there for quite so many years now, probably at least like 15 years, I think. Um, my my daughters grew up going there. Now my daughter is, um, you know, 23 years old and one of the, you know, worship uh, pastors there who's on stage every weekend. Um, but yeah, so just... So you had just, kids pretty young then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20, uh, 23. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, they kept me grounded. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> they, they keep me on my toes twenty four seven. Keep you busy. You can't. It's hard to get into trouble when you've got to take yeah, care of the kid, right? <laughs> that's right. It doesn't matter how old they are either. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just were there to service, and then one guy started talking to me about skateboarding and and the prison outreach, and I kind of heard about it a little bit, and said that hey, uh, you know, it'd be really cool if maybe you could go in there with us and share about you know your background and testimony. A lot of prisoners know about skateboarding or have skateboarded or their kids skateboard. You know, maybe you can share a little bit about your journey of you know how you came to where you are now, and and maybe it's a it's a way to kind of reach out to them on on a level that they understand. And I was like, why not? You know, let's let's do it. Um, I had spoke at a couple of prisons before that, nothing local. But I thought it'd be a good opportunity to do something for the, you know, maybe some prisoners that are more local to where we are. The first time I ever did it was, uh, strangely enough, at Rikers Island in New York. Wow. Um, I was there with That's another- That's a long ch- ways from home. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I was there on an outreach with another church I used to go to, uh, Horizon, over there in Claremont. No, I uh, went to Horizon also. Yep, with yeah. uh, Mike McIntosh. Uh-huh. And uh, so we were there. They, they were, I think it was like the Harvest uh, for Life or whatever they were calling that uh, yep. outreach. It was, it was right after 9-11, and uh, they wanted to really reach out to the hearts of that community. So we, we went out to Rikers Island, and they actually were able to bring us in and have some ramps there. They had to build them in the prison, though. Because you couldn't bring them in. You couldn't bring them in. Yeah. And, you know, you had to take a bus over the water. 
And so I was thinking about this, like, wow, this is pretty hard to get to. Yeah. And so I asked the you know guy driving, I was like, there must not be too many prisoners who can escape from here. He's like, oh no, they escape all the time. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, it's like this Alcatraz. Isn't... Yeah, I was like, know? that. that's not, you know, comforting. Like, yeah. where, where are we going? <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he was like, well, here's the thing. Um, there are people who escape, and we always find them almost uh, 99% of the time. And I was like, how? He's like, because they always go back to the same neighborhood. You know, they just, we just hang out there for days after they leave. And sure enough, they show up in the same, in the same neighborhood, same corner. We picked them up the first time. And I was like, why is that? He's like, they just don't know anything else. That's their mm -hmm. neighborhood. They grew up there. That's their life. They don't know anything else. And they just, they just stay there. And um, kind of made me think about that. I was like, metaphorically, that's, that's kind of- That's a powerful message. Very powerful. Yeah. You know, it's like some people are just a habit of their environment. And how do you break that cycle? Mm. Number one, how did they get in there? Number two, how do you reach out to those prisoners to make sure they're not just, you know, just recycling and repeating the same mistakes over and over yeah. again. The, the recidivism, uh, that word is hard to say, recidivism rate is uh, very high for prisoners who come out of prison and then they're back in the prison. Right. And so, uh, and that's really interesting because that speaks to human nature too. Yes. Uh, from a theological basis, we know the Bible actually says that, that humans tend to go back to those patterns of living. Yep. And, uh, and it's so- It's hard to break, a hard, hard cycle to break, especially if you don't know any better. Yeah. Who who do we have out here mentoring and and showing another way? It's, it's you know their inspiration is what they see on the street corner. Mm -hmm. So if we don't show them any other options, that's a lot of people I grew up that they told me that it's like you you don't know how it is out here. This is our only option. Yep. And I was like, well, no, it's not. But since you since they don't have anyone else to to see or show them that, mm -hmm. then they're just going to keep doing it. Oh, that is a powerful statement. You know, and uh, for me, I. I'm an apologetics guy. I mean, I teach apologetics as what I do, which is a defense of the Christian worldview of the biblical worldview. But it's really important because I, I talk to uh, the kids about this. I say, look at, you know, intellectually, we can believe in God. We can know God's true. We can have the evidence for God. But then when it comes to our heart, um, you can know the right thing to do and still not do it. Yep. And it takes what you're doing here with providing an environment in which these kids have an opportunity to escape uh, the things that might hold them back from um, from actually fulfilling, uh, you know, what God has for them and uh, the plans God has for them and uh, really a, a, a life full of potential. Um, and so that's really cool. So in the prison when you were in there, so what, what did you do in there? What kind of things did you do in the prison? So the there was a lady there um, who runs a program there on a regular basis. So it wasn't really run through Eastlake Church mm -hmm. per se, and they, they have an open door for a lot of different faiths to come in and, and share with the prisoners. So what, what happened was is um, I came in, met the people who run those organizations, met some of the guards and other people who help with the programs inside. And uh, they had just had a riot the night before at Donovan State Prison. Oh, so we, we didn't even scary. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even know if it was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, of course there was a riot. Yeah. You know? And uh, so they were worried it was a, state, uh, a statewide um, problem where, you know, certain gangs were pitting against each other and they were trying to, you know, just encourage it at every single prison through the state. And so when we got in there, we were waiting for the time to go on. And I didn't really know what to expect. We weren't allowed to bring anything in. And so it was really just me and my skateboard, which was already awkward. They let you in with a skateboard? It, it, every station I went through, they're like, what, what's up with this? Yeah. What's up with the board? What are you going to do with and that? And I'm walking past guards with skateboard, and they're like, is this going to be used against us? Could this be a weapon? Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. they're thinking all kinds of things. So yeah. at the same time, they're kind of excited 
And um, I guess a lot of the pr prisoners had heard about it because they were sharing that, hey, this guy's going to come in, skateboard, share with you guys. So the prisoners were excited. They, I feel like they knew more than anywhere else, everyone yeah. else at the prison. <laughs> what was going to happen? Yeah, it was going to happen. But they had a lockdown while we were there because they were concerned about this riot situation. So we were hanging around waiting, seeing if this was going to happen. And sure enough, they let everyone back out. And they just, they just all came out. They were almost like running out. They were just ready. They were so excited. They were to just see. ready to see something yeah. and, and see something different. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I don't know if I can claim I was the first skateboarder in the Donovan <laughs> State Prison. But from what I was hearing, probably the first person. Yeah. Um, I was told maybe I could use some of the natural, you know, landscape in the yard there. The, the yard was actually one of the newer yards. So it was actually in pretty good condition with the, with the concrete and some of the benches and things. So I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I could just jump up on this bench. So I board slid the bench. Like, wait, you can't do that. It's the facing, you know, state <laughs> property. Vandalism. vandalism. This, what are you doing? You know, like flashbacks to your childhood. That, that's right? right. I was like, of course, <laughs> you know, looking down the road, seeing the, the guards there practically with the hand on the gun. Um, you know, you can't do that on our benches. I was like, of course, you know, what, what was I thinking? Um, so other, other prisoners come out asking me a lot of questions. Um, a lot of them did know about skateboarding. Some of them had skateboarded, whether it was in the seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever era they were from, Yeah, depending on what they did. But yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting because I didn't realize they were able to come right up on you. So because it was something new and interesting for them. They were all surrounding me, and I was like, "Wow, this could get this could get bad." Yeah. The, the security guards were nowhere to. I mean, you know, the the guards were nowhere to be found. I think they went on a smoke break or something, <laughs> you know, per permanently. That's right. Um. So you know, they were just all lined up and grilling me on what was I doing there? What was I going to do? What kind of tricks could I do? Because, like I said, they're very savvy on the the skateboarding yeah. and the tricks. Yeah. So, so you better not be some poser. That's right. So I was like, wow, <laughs> number one, I haven't really just had a good tech flat ground session in a while. And the tricks they're asking me to do are pretty tech. So I better hopefully have my A game on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now being at 45 years old, it's not as tech as it used to be. No. <laughs> so I, I can, yeah, I can roll up in a skate park and do the things I know how to do. And, and it might be impressive to a lot of people. But when it comes to technical skateboarding, I was known for doing really big jumps and crazy stuff like that, down big stairs and gaps and railings and ledges. And um, to do the technical stuff was more like a, for those of you who know about skateboarding, it was more like a Rodney Mullen, Day Wong Song kind of technical thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you know, they, they lined up the whole corridor there, um, probably almost like 100 prisoners. And uh, we started off um, with one of the volunteers from East Lake Church, this guy, Brian Carlton. He's, he's, a, he's a maniac already, but he... <laughs> He was the first one to, um, I'm not sure if it was smart or not smart to volunteer to get jumped over by me <laughs> as, as an obstacle. And um, he's a pretty big dude, you know, so it's not like I was jumping over a little kid. Yeah. And then when he volunteered, two of the other really big prisoners volunteered to get jumped over, and these guys were not small. So I was like, wow, I need to really be yeah. able to pop over these guys. And they yeah. were all trying to line up all together right out the bat. There was no... No hesitation. They were, I was like, wait, wait. I was like, wait, one at a time here. Let me at lot, least warm up. A lot of confidence in you. Yeah, let me warm up on this. So I jumped over Brian. Then I felt decent. Then they all laid down, jumped over all of them. Crowd seemed to like that. Started doing some flip tricks and, you know, 360 ollies and all kinds of rotational stuff and ended up pulling out quite a few tricks that seemed like it worked for everybody. So they were happy and satisfied a lot of people actually when i was done skateboarding quite a few of them were starting to try to head back to the other part of the yard and we're like no 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 why don't you come over here and hang out and talk a little bit yeah and so um i was able to get on the stage that they had set up in there which again was a feat just to get that in there with with approvals um so we were 
I just kind of asked right off the bat, how many of you in here know about skateboarding, have skateboarded, maybe have kids who skateboard? And I would say a good, you know, 30, 40% of the people raised their hands, which I was really surprised about. And uh, just well, that generation, I mean, yeah, generational. That, that, was, that was gigantic. Yeah, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah, yeah. To, you know, 2000s, even some younger guys in there. And I even called him out. I was like, wait a minute, how old are you? You know, like mid to early 20s. And, yeah, in my head, I'm like, you should not be here. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just started sharing my background, and it was really about what we're talking about. Um, how do you kind of break that cycle of thinking that there is other things you can do besides robbing, stealing, shooting, all the things that they may know about or just have been exposed to, but mm -hmm. how can we expose them to something different? Absolutely. And I was like, hey, you know what? I was that kid who grew up by the beach, and as you well know, in Ocean Beach in the early days, um, there's a lot of drugs at the boardwalk. Oh, I yeah. was offered drugs or asked if they could buy drugs probably on a on a daily basis. Every time I was going down there to to skateboard and do stuff, I was asked all the time about drugs. And it was pretty loose back a then. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and being like you said before, before we started, um, I went to Ocean Beach Elementary in San Diego and Ocean Beach, uh, Correa Junior High, Puelama High School. Ocean Beach was definitely known for probably being a little bit more of the rugged elementary yep, school. Yep. Some parents didn't want their kids to go there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to just to, to make it out of that and, and, and be, be good is, is an accomplishment. It is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you learn either what not to do or you're going to fall into that, that life, you know, because it's everywhere. Yeah. So how do your parents, you know, equip you with the tools to know, Hey, you know, like use your head, don't get caught up in this. Yeah. Like, in other words, if you want to do something that you love, you're not going to be able to do it if you get caught up with the drugs and, and all the other stuff that's out there in the streets. Yeah, navigating around that. How do well, you navigate around it? We're, we're coming up on a break here. My guest today is Cant Canton Russell, uh, pro skater and uh, skateboard park designer. He's been doing this for 13 years. Really all his life he's been in um, the skateboarding scene and uh, he loves the Lord and He's reaching out to kids and communities and providing them ways to navigate away from uh, the things that so often drag kids down. And uh, so when we get back, we're going to talk about his his life growing up. How did he come to faith in Christ? He didn't grow up in a Christian family and what made him decide to choose Christ. And then ultimately, um, he's going to share about how he was able to follow his passion and, uh, and do that for a living. And then uh, he'll be able to give you some insight on skateboarding and um, the positive aspects of drawing kids into uh, uh, the skate parks in which they can get away from the things that might drag them down. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Save money by taking good care of your car. Call Conover Tires Wheels and Service in Oceanside. Locally owned and operated since 1991 with all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers at ConoverTires.com. Dan and his team are proud to support Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. They even sell affordable, reliable used cars and enclosed trailers. Conover Tires, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard, 760-439-1631. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. 
LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. Hey, thanks for being with us today. My guest today on the radio and uh, streaming on social media all over the place is Canton Russell. You can check him out at CantonRussell.com. He's got all kinds of cool stuff going on that he's working on, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the program. What we've been talking about is his trip to Donovan State Prison. Not too long ago, he had the opportunity to go with Eastlake Church and uh, end up um, being able to do some stuff in the prison to... Uh, give the uh, prisoners a break from the monotony and uh, also be able to share his faith with them and encourage them. So um, let's finish that off, uh, Ken. What happened? Yeah, so um, after we did the little skate kind of exhibition thing on the flat ground there, I shared with the prisoners kind of my life and how I grew up and and uh, kind of navigating through the the temptations I had with people. You know, we had a lot of options to do the right thing don't do the right thing and go to prison, wind up dead or just caught up in the drugs. Yeah. And I just kind of had to learn of what not to do by everyone who was around me. And a lot of people were getting caught up and I had to make that tough decision of, I don't want to go down that road. I see where it leads. I like what I'm doing. I like skateboarding. Maybe I have an opportunity to do this as a career. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, just, just sharing that with them and saying, you know, that we just, we just didn't have many mentors out there mentoring us. And that if we can now, with the platform we have and the experience we have, having been a pro skateboarder, now doing other things and working with a lot of kids and communities, working and developing skate parks, surprisingly, even a couple of prisoners knew the skate parks I designed and asked what my favorite feature was. And um, the cool thing is, not only did it resonate with them, but they said, hey, you know what? It was when I stopped skateboarding or when I stopped doing what I love to do that I got in trouble and wound up here. Mm. Or, you know, my kids' skateboards. And they're they're kind of struggling right now. How can I encourage them to keep doing something positive like that and not end up doing what I did and wind up here? Yeah. And so, and some of them are even saying, "Hey, I'm going to get out in four to six months. How can I follow what I like to do? I'm a graphic artist. How can I apply that to to your industry? And you know, maybe I can make something of myself like what you did." And I was yeah. like, "Absolutely." Yeah. So it was really just sharing them another option to break that cycle, like we talked about. You know, like. We don't want them to get out and just just repeat the same mistakes over and over again. So I think it was good and encouraging to be able to share that with them and, and give them another option. And and just talking about you know my basically also my faith in God really helped me to just stay on the right path and yeah, not get and caught up. That's what I wanted to ask you about too. Is that um, you know I it's it's so funny uh, for those of you listening uh, or watching. Um, Canton and I both actually went to the same elementary school. He's two years older than me. So we were probably there at the same time. Yeah. I was there since third grade. Yep. And, uh, and then we both, uh, actually skateboarded at the same, uh, little rec center that was right next to the school, which, um, that was huge. I was so intimidated as a little kid when I'd go over there to meet all these people. But then as I got older, I was like, oh, Hey, I can, I can skateboard here too. But there was no skate park at the time. That was the no, place. That was the skate park. That was the skate park. Yeah. And, and, um, 
and then Korea. I went to Korea, and you went to Korea, and then yeah. Point Loma, and then. So my question is, um, there were there was a lot of pressure to, uh, you know, get involved in the wrong things as a kid. And um, so my question for you is, you know, at what point did you become a Christian, and did you put your faith in Christ? And uh, how did that how did that all work out? What happened there? So basically, um, I started skateboarding when I was about 14 years old, going into junior high school, Korea, um, continued into high school, got connected with a, a group of friends who were really passionate about skateboarding. And we weren't really ever troublemakers, didn't really get caught up in a lot of trouble, just basic stuff. Um, but uh, when I graduated high school, I had an opportunity to become a pro skateboarder. And, and I kind of made that choice. I, I had applied to and got accepted to USD. And then I also had sponsors who were willing to go turn me pro, and I was like, "Which one do I do I do?" Who were some of your sponsors? Can you can you uh, share that? Um, at that time, um, I was sponsored by um, NHS had a company called Sims that okay. they were doing. Yeah, and um, and then there was uh, Airwalk Shoes. Yeah, they were huge, and uh, you know a whole bunch of other sponsors like Goldwing Trucks and things like that. So mm -hmm. you know we always had a variety of sponsors. Yeah. And um, that was coming out of high school and in the 90s, you know, and early 90s. 91 is when I graduated. And I'd also, I had just had my first picture show up in Thrasher magazine. It was a double-page spread. That's huge. And then several months later, it turned into a Thrasher t-shirt. And then I got the contents double-page spread in Thrasher. So it just was snowballing, snowballing to the point where, um, and this is all local, just me shooting photos in Ocean Beach, just wow. doing what I was doing. Were you just, uh, were you like blown away by the fact that oh, you yeah. were, I mean, was that? Like, I was like, this isn't real. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, we're just teenagers. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And I think that's a challenge is when you're that young as a teenager and you have these opportunities and you're traveling and people start paying you money or offering you the opportunity to, to make money. You just don't really know what to do and what not to do. I just was lucky enough to have a good family behind me. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. We didn't go to church. Um, so it wasn't really until I got out of high school that um, I met somebody who saw me kind of at that crossroads of what are you going to do with your life? You could make it here. You could, you know, crash and burn. You know, what is it that you're doing? And yeah. at, that, at that time, I was just trying to do it all on my own strength. It was what I, it was the only thing I knew, just self-survival and uh, he's like, look, it just seems like you're having some challenges here. You're at the crossroads. You're going into the skateboarding industry, which largely can be pretty dark. Yeah. A lot of crazy stuff, a lot of drugs, a lot of money floating around. No one, no one knows what they're doing. And I just didn't want to wind up to be another statistic of someone who crashed and burned and threw their whole career away because they got caught up in all the wrong stuff. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I tried it my way. And what do I have to lose? You know, if I could just, you know, and and I was actually at a service at Horizon in, in Claremont. Miles McPherson did all the mm -hmm. evening services yeah. on the weekends, and I was listening to him. Here's a guy who's a pro football player who had a very similar story as I did. He did get caught up in all the wrong stuff, and his whole career went down the drain in a matter of two years. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And what can I do to prevent that? And he's like, you know, you can just let Jesus in your life and let him help you. Let him be the rock. Let him be your lamp and, and guide you. And I was like, what do I have to lose? If I, and he said this. He's like, if you don't like it, just go back to doing what you're doing. You know, just go back to the way you are comfortable doing it. Just like the guys at Rikers Island. Just go back to the cycle. Yeah. He's like, but I guarantee you, once you try it a different way and, and give that all to God and let him help you and let him in your life and let him be your strength, I guarantee you'll never go back. So sure enough, I walked down the aisle, gave my life um, that night. Um, 
walked away not knowing what the heck I was doing. What does this even mean? Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get plugged into anything. I just walked yeah. down the aisle. God saved. I was like, okay, I'm good. What happens now? Yeah. Sure enough, just sometimes when you get saved and you know what the truth is and you believe in that, sometimes you can be attacked a little bit more because, you know, no one wants to see you yeah. <laughs> sharing your faith or, or, yeah. or being a light to there's anyone a, else a, as a Christian. There's a spiritual war. So, yeah, I was, yeah, I was being spiritually attacked for probably the next uh, several months and... I was just confused, and so I went to another couple of messages, and sure enough, I was like, I just need to start really plugging in and learning, just being a student of what it is to even be a Christian. Yeah. And so I walked down again, second time. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it again yeah. until I get it right. Yeah, that's right. Let's make sure this is, yeah, let's this just is do, good to go. <laughs> I don't care how many times it takes. So, yeah. you know, over time, and I think it was also just maturity, growing up, getting older, going into my early 20s, um, making several mistakes along the way and just learning that, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean you're trying to be perfect because no one's perfect. That's right. Yeah. Only God is perfect. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to have him lead us by example. And the Bible has a lot of good stories and, and examples of what to do and what not to do. Yeah. And I just had to learn the hard way of falling down and getting up again. And honestly, it was just like skateboarding. I was like, hey, being a Christian is like being a skateboarder. <laughs> We're falling down all the time, getting bruises, getting banged up, and we just have to brush ourselves and, and get back up again. And that's a that's a fantastic analogy. Mm -hmm. um, I think in skateboarding too, like sometimes, um, you know, you're afraid. You're afraid oh, you 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 uh, you hit the ground really hard. You're all busted up and bruised up, and sometimes you don't want to try again because you're thinking to yourself, "Man, I don't want to go through that pain again." Right. But ultimately, um, as Christians, we have God with us who is going to continue to lift us up, help us up, and keep us going forward. That's right. That's a powerful analogy. That's fantastic. And so, you know, I, I got married early. Um, in my, I was 23 that same year. Had my daughter, my oldest daughter now, uh, Kelly, at 23. And um, here she is leading worship now. Here she is leading worship. And, um, you know, there's a funny story. Um, their perception of what I did as a skateboarder was very different from what I thought I did. So... You know, one time I um I was trying to film a trick for a big video part, and um and I hey hold on, Ken, hold oh, on. This is a perfect time? this is a perfect place because everybody's gonna be like, wait, I want to hear the story. Okay, so, okay, so. okay. It is, it's it's a good preface and a whole bunch of other things. That's awesome. Yeah, fantastic. My guest today is Canton Russell. CantonRussell.com. Check him out. Um, he's got a lot of really cool stuff going on, and I'm really excited to see what he does in the future. And a uh, great story that he's telling us here uh, about his life and how he came to faith in Christ. And uh, so stay with us. We'll be right back, and uh, you'll get to hear the story. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619 222 0766. 
Save money by taking good care of your car. Call Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside. Locally owned and operated since 1991 with all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers at ConoverTires.com. Dan and his team are proud to support Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. They even sell affordable, reliable used cars and enclosed trailers. Conover Tires, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard, 760-439-1631. Hey, thanks, thanks for being, being with us today. This, this is Kevin Conover. You're on Educate for Life Radio. We're local here in San Diego. Uh, we air on K-Praise FM 106.1 as well as AM 1210. My show is every Sunday. You can listen to us if you're local here on the radio. But we also stream it all over the place. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's on Periscope. It's on um, our website. So we've got it everywhere. And we've got all kinds of uh, shows. My, my goal with this show is to allow people to share their testimony of how God moved in their life and then how God is moving through them to love others, bless others, and draw them uh, to Jesus Christ. Um, and so Canton has a, an incredible story. Um, you're the first skateboarder I've had on the program, Canton. So awesome. Yeah, I love it. First in Donovan State Prison, now first on the radio show. I'm just in a lot of firsts this week. That's right, that's right. You're breaking all kinds of records. So... Um, so you, you you were saying that your was it your family uh, viewed things differently? They viewed skateboarding different than what how you viewed it. And uh, my oldest daughter specifically at that time was uh, you know young in elementary school, and I was filming for this big video that kind of put a lot of us on the map as a professional skateboarder. Uh, the Storm video for Osiris Shoes. That was oh, yeah. my sponsor at the yeah, time. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So I had my own shoe in Osiris, and I was riding for Planet Earth Skateboards, and I was filming for this big video, and uh, I had to go on a trip. Maybe maybe the day after that, and so I was trying this trick and I fell and I fell so fast and quickly backwards that to prevent myself from hitting my head, I basically ended up getting whiplash, and you know I felt pretty dizzy and kind of sick, so I ended up going to the hospital that night just to get checked out to make sure my head was was okay. But basically, the doctor was asking what had happened. I was like, I don't know how I was able to stop that momentum that quickly because it just physically seemed impossible. But, but I, I told everyone, everyone the only thing I can imagine was I really felt like it was like this angel had kind of slipped a hand underneath my head and just protected me that, that day and allowed me to not, you know, really be hurt from, yeah. from that opportunity. And so we had to send my daughter to her friend's house to uh, go spend the night or whatever. And um, we came back, you know, early the next morning and I was like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm going to be able to go on my trip. And she was like, Daddy, next time you um, get hurt skateboarding, can I go to my friend's house again? <laughs> And, you know, they were asking, like, well, what do you think your dad does? Like, well, he flies around in the airplane and falls down on a skateboard. You know, like, she, and I was like, wait a minute, hey, you know, like, you just see me practicing and, and not making anything. I do know how to make some tricks because one of her teachers asked if I could share and do some stuff for the class and she was terrified. She's like, dad, you can't even. She's a whisper, like, Dad, you can't even make your tricks. You know, you're always falling at the house, you know, so she had no idea. Nothing like a kid to speak their mind. That's right. And, and again, you know, like I say, kids will keep you humble. You know, it keeps us motivated, keeps us humble. I mean, my motivation, honestly, to, to stay on the path as a Christian, because we talked about it before, you fall down as a Christian, sometimes it's painful to always get back up again all the time. And just like in skateboarding, you're trying that big trick, or you're almost getting hurt, or you do get hurt. How do you keep going? 
and it was really just looking at her and my other daughter at the time, my two, you know, two daughters. Um, I have three daughters, actually. My other daughter didn't come till much later. But, uh, but yeah, those two, um, looking at them, I was like, I need to be an example for them. Not only am I trying to do this career to make money to put a roof over our head, but how can I be a spiritual leader of my house and for my daughters, an example of what, what to do, what not to do? So that was my real motivation factor to maintain like a level head with, with what I was doing skateboarding as a Christian, um, taking them to church, plugging them into Bible studies or going to Christian, you know, uh, schools. And, um, you know, I think that at one point I, I did get hurt during that filming for that video. And I was pretty frustrated because I was almost done. I was like, man, I just don't have the part I want. How do I get back on the horse again? Yeah. I was sitting in church at a uh, message at Horizon and they were the youth pastor Wally came up and said, hey, we're thinking about doing a skate park here. Wally's, I'm, I'm good friends. Wally Kirk, you are? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's my boy. Yeah, he really helped me a lot to just put things in a very easy perspective to understand. Yeah. And so he, he's the one I met there, and I hadn't met him before, but he was like, you know, I just want to say, because I, I was just in the front row in crutches saying, I'm worthless. Yeah. You know, I'm hurt. How can I finish this video part? My career might be over. Um, what am I even doing here? I'm not even helping anyone in this church. I'm just here. You know, yeah, it was like the parable of, of in the, the wheat field, field, if you're not growing and bearing fruit, you're just going to get chopped down. Yeah, and that was the message. Oh, wow. I was like, wow, I'm in trouble. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what, what am I going to do? I'm just a skateboarder in a terrible dark industry. No, I don't, I don't even know any other Christian skateboarders right now. What am, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, so he's like, you know, and he got up and said, yeah, we're going to do a skate park here. And if anyone knows of anybody in skateboarding or anyone that can help us. And it was just like the light bulb went on and God's like, you idiot. You know, like just because you don't think you can be used, I'm going to show you that I can use anybody. That's and so I went up to him, very excited, obviously. Like, I'm a skateboarder. I live right down the street. I've been going to this church for years. What can I do to help? It was, it was almost like, here's the message. God breaking you down, humbling you, and then lifting you back up again. It's like, let me show you how I can use you. And that's how I met him. So I helped them with the ministry that they were, you know, using just kind of as a outreach to the community, not there to preach to anybody, just here's a, pl a safe place to go. I used to skate there all the time. Yeah, there's no skate parks, right? So here it is. And um, then he got some calls from other churches around the country, other Calvary Chapel-like churches like Horizons, like, you know, we saw online that you guys started this skate park at your church. We have one, too. We've been reaching out to skateboarders, but we don't know any Christian skateboarders. And he's looking at me going, well, I have this pro skateboarder right here. And, that's, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, and then I just started traveling and, and doing outreaches. Now, the first one was Tallahassee, Calvary Chapel in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, hopefully, they're going to be okay with this hurricane out here trying to hit Florida. Um, but they had their own skate park much bigger than Horizons, and, and that was the first call he got. And I was right there in his office, and I was like, sure, I'll come down there. And they asked, like, hey, guys, you know who Ken Russell is? And I'm like, yeah, we know who he is. That'd be awesome. So I flew out there, didn't know what to expect, drove up to the church, um, big church. Big Calvary Chapel Church, Mega Church. Yeah. Um, thousands of people in the parking lot waiting. And um, so we do the skate demo. We bring the kids into the to the event. We have some giveaways. We're showing videos. I share a little bit about my, my story about falling down, getting back up again, trying it God's way and how that's when things really went better for me as a skateboarder, as a husband, as a father, and that I never wanted to go back. And uh, we shared that message and said, hey, if anyone else wants to try that journey and have, have you been inspired by anything Ken shared? You know, please walk down. 
no, no one, one walked down. down. And, and I was like, oh, man, well, I tried. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's my first shot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next time. And, and the youth pastor and I was kind of going back and forth encouraging them. And sure enough, two kids stood up. I was like, we got two kids, awesome. And then when the other kids saw those two kids stood up, then slowly but surely, from young skateboarder ages to the parents and even grandparents, there were over 300 people that stood up and walked down to get saved. And I was floored. Oh, man. I was like, so here I was just maybe a month or two ago complaining to myself about how I can't be used to share God's message. And then seemingly overnight, there are 300 people walking down to get saved because of the message I shared using skateboarding. Yeah. So it was just a, it was a lesson for me that I'm not in control, which is why I made that decision to give control to God and said, look, you're in charge here. I'm just here. I'm just a vessel. And I, I'm, life is a gift to me, so I'm just going to enjoy it mm. to the fullest. And just, I'm just going to do whatever I can to get to give back to, to anyone that I can, whether it's through sharing my life, my belief, my faith, sharing about what skateboarding did for me, starting my own companies to be able to give back to kids who don't have anything, creating skate park environments for kids who have no skate park to go. And so if they don't have a place to go, they, they get tickets and they get chased out by the police. I mean, my career as a pro skateboarder was getting chased out of places because we had nowhere to go. Yeah. Skateboarding illegally getting tickets. Can we give these kids, whether it's on a bike, a scooter, a skateboard, a place to ride around on so they don't get hassled, do what they love to do. And if they can latch onto something, they can, you know, have something that's going to be motivating for them to to further themselves and not not get caught up in that whole cycle that yeah. inmates got in at Donovan Prison. So. Yeah, that, that saying, I mean, idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's not a um, that's not just a cliche saying. I mean, that's that's reality. And so when you give a kid a, a passion like this and they can really enjoy it and have a good time with it, I mean, you're saving you're saving a kid a lot of heartache and really in a lot of ways for a lot of these kids, you're you're probably saving their future. You're saving their lives. So trying to, yeah, it's awesome. So how many skateboards have you designed now since you first started? Um, so do you keep track anymore? I think it's yeah, it's it's getting a little out of hand. It's definitely over two hundred and fifty. Okay, and that's worldwide. You know, here in the United States, Canada did a project in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, Mexico. So who would have thought? Here's this little kid in OB skateboarding, right, I know. and now you're traveling the world doing what you love. And you know, uh, you gave your life to God, and God said, "Thanks for giving that to me. Now I'm going to make this into something huge." And that's all I'm trying to do. I was like, you know, it's, it's a gift to me, and I know that uh, life is short. Um, I don't take anything for granted. I don't take my health for granted. Um, I don't take my kids or my family or anything for granted. So you know, my first ministry is definitely the family and and you know, God. So if I can just continue to do what I do, and I'm just very thankful for the health to continue on doing that. And like I said, giving back, starting, I even brought a couple of hats for you for the show there, you know, the, the Motif brand, you know, so on the website, you can look at that, the you know, motifbrand.com, maybe for... Or, uh, uh, my like, girls yes, are, are fanatics over pink, so that's right. the pink only problem is you only gave me one, and now oh, I'm no. <laughs> so, so I'm in trouble. <laughs> I know that goes. I'll buy another one. I know, I know <laughs> that goes. You've got three girls. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, anytime I bring something to the house for myself, it gets taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my oldest daughter is such a giver, you know, being who she is, and her story is a whole other story. That's You might have to have her on the program to share her story because it's crazy. But Right on. Um, to, to be able, able to, you know, know she has such a passion to give back. I'll give her a new sweatshirt or something, and she'll give it to someone who's, you know, homeless on the street the next day. Um, so she, she just doesn't, yeah, it's not about things, you know. And, 
and I'm just thankful that they've taken that to heart and learned like you know it's not about it's not about who you are where you are status wise it's about the journey yeah where you came from and where you are now and how can we how can we use that to mentor other people and she's doing a good job of doing that too and sharing with a lot of uh, young girls about this is where you could be I've made mistakes and I've had to learn from them and let me help you with these cliff notes in life you know yeah let me help you give you the the, the short version yeah well, my guest today is Ken Russell. I hope you've been enjoying the program. We've got one segment left, KenRussell.com, if you want to check him out. But what I want to talk about too, Ken, is what's next for you. And you, if you, if uh, you're watching uh, you're on YouTube or whatever, you can see he's got this LP uh, hat here, and he's got a shirt that says "Living Proof." He's clearly uh, come to represent here. So, but I think it's an awesome what he's representing. So, we're going to talk about that a little bit, and you can learn more about where he's going next in life. And um, if you didn't know. Well, I'll, I'll tell, tell you where skateboarding's going, going next when we come back. back. Stay, Stay with, with us. us. We'll be right there. We'll be right back. Luke Gibson of LG Equipment supports Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Luke grew up in the construction industry and now serves LG's commercial and residential customers throughout Southern California. Whether you need grading, paving, hauling, demolition, on-site bulk water service, water trucks, tankers, and towers, call LG Equipment at 619-998-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-998-0924. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hey, this is Kevin Conover. You're on Educate for Life Radio. And uh, my website's educateforlife.org. Now, typically when I, I do the show, I've got guests from all over the place. We have uh, former Buddhists. We have former Muslims. We have uh, scientists talking about creation and evolution, all kinds of different stuff. We, we uh, not too long ago had um, a woman who is a professor now, and she used to be an atheist, became a Christian, uh, talks about why she became a Christian. So all kinds of people sharing their testimonies about how Jesus Christ has impacted their life and then how God is working through their lives. Uh, to show others uh, God's love. And um, if you want to check out my website, I've got all kinds of classes there on a biblical worldview, on helping you or your kids establish a firm foundation for why you believe what you believe. Why are you a Christian today? How do we know that Jesus Christ actually rose from the dead? How do we know the Bible is the inspired Word of God? So there's all kinds of really good stuff out there for you to use on my website. I hope you'll take the opportunity to check it out. And my guest today is Canton Russell of CantonRussell.com. Uh, and he's just shared with us an amazing story. I think his his life is kind of a, um, you know, it's it's like a biblical message about how God can move in your life to radically change you. And then um, he can take wherever you're at and he can make it into something awesome. Uh, God is the God of redemption. That's what he does. So 
Uh, it's been really cool, uh, Canton, having you on the program. I just think it's funny how much we have in common totally. where we grew up. Um, I'm kind of, I was like kind of right behind you, just following you along. You, That's, yeah. you, you know all the people I know. And um, and Wally, if you're out there, we're giving you a shout out. You you were a good influence to both of us. Yes, so. definitely, hundred percent. Wally. Well, Wally, actually, yeah, he officiated, uh, you know, my marriage, and you know, just a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was involved uh, in ministry with him for a long time too, and. Um, so Canton, what I wanted to ask you, um, if you're listening, if, if you don't know this, uh, skateboarding is now going to be added to the Olympics. Is that right? That's right. Next year. Yeah. Uh, they added skateboarding, uh, BMX racing was already in, but now it'll be freestyle. Surfing is going in as well. So I think what, you know, they saw what snowboarding did in the Olympics for the winter Olympics. It kind of helped them kind of give it that cool factor. Yeah. Now they're like, how can we, you know, kids just aren't signing up to shot put. You know, there's just not a lot of kids that are trying to be javelin throwers and all these other, like, you know, more classic sports. So, Canton, oh. Canton we've got somebody that just called in, a, uh -oh. a special caller. Uh, go ahead and put him on, Todd. Oh, it's, uh, who, it's who is it? Who is this? This is Wally. Oh, Wally. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's too funny. We didn't even give out the number yet. He already knew what number to yeah, dial. Yeah, that's right. I'm tuned in. I'm tuned in, bro. Gosh, what a blessing. <laughs> Too funny. That, yeah. uh, I did. I did not expect to call from you, Wally. Oh, I sure you didn't. But gosh, it's it's been a joy to follow you, Canton. You're a huge blessing and encouragement to me, bro. Oh no, no, you you know, right, right back at you. I mean, you know, there was a time where I saw Wally doing what he was doing in youth ministry at, at Horizon, and you were also doing everything for the high school kids, Wally. And I remember asking, you know, there were some kids coming in there who were pretty messed up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, wait a minute. We're at a Christian high school. I was like, Wally, how do you handle that? These kids are, you're, you're trying to like share with them God's love and the message. And, and they're just coming in here and they're just having all these problems. Like what makes this different from a normal high school with all the same problems? And he's like, well, when they fall down, we're here to pick them back up again. That's the difference. We're just here to Amen. we're just here to be there for them when they when they need us and that that means a lot to me because I've had to share that message with so many people. I was like, look, we're not here to tell you you have to walk through the door and be perfect. We're here to just say we're here to love you, and when you fall down, we're here to pick you up again. Oh, thank you, Amen. Was that, uh, just being obedient to what God called us to do, Amen. Amen. That's so awesome, Wally. I'm so glad well, you man. called in, man. Do you have, do you have any other uh, questions or or comments for uh, for no, Ken? I just wanted to say, hey. Remember the Montana trip? Oh, I definitely remember the Montana trip. <laughs> yeah, we we did a, yeah we did another outreach with Wally and a whole bunch of youth youth uh, kids, and we were just skateboarding up and down the coast at all these skate parks. And there were some interesting characters we ran into, right, Wally, at the, all those Oregon oh. skate parks. <laughs> and we took right in the Montana in the Montana uh, skate parks, and yeah, we you know it's it's a little bit different up there in that environment. And we were able to just skate it with everyone and just share as like, hey, who, who, here's who we are. We're not perfect. We're in a crazy world. But, you know, if, you, if you're struggling, like we've struggled plenty of times, like we're here to help you. And one more question. How's Josh doing? Do you know I, I, I just saw Josh Casper last week. I only got to see him for a minute. He was at a skate park meeting in Spring Valley, and we just got to see each other for a minute, just catch up real quick. He seemed like he was doing wow. good. Yep. That's well, great. I, you guys. I just want to say I saw the show, and I love you guys. Appreciate both of you, what you're doing. Well, we love you, Wally. Yeah, we love you, man. And and um, you made this show, man. Uh, 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 I'm really I'm really glad you called in, man. <laughs> oh, you know what, Wally? I will say one more thing, and something that ties into what we've been talking about. When you were talking about the skate park and how you wanted to do the skate park at Horizon, here's one other thing I've oh. shared so many times. So you you when I came to you and said, "Yeah, I'm here to help," 
And you're like, well, here's the problem. We don't have any money. <laughs> and I was like, well, what are you going to do? He's Isn't like, well, always the problem? Yeah, I was like, well, I was hoping that uh, I was going to get the money handed to me from the church. But, you know, Mike told me that Wally is God in this. And he's like, yep. absolutely. He's in this skate park and creating the skate park for the church. He's like, well, if God's in it, then he will provide. And you're like, that wasn't the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> and, and you were saying that you were humbled. Because a service after that, that lady who came and flew in every weekend from Vegas to San Diego yep. to, to see a message right there in, at, at the church, which was insane already. And she yep. was like, well, were this, what, $30,000, $40,000 check help get you started? And you were humbled. You're like, well, God, here we go. Just hit me over the head saying, if, if God is in it, he will provide and I need to be obedient and the money will come and it sure did. And you built it and, and saved it. And I have, I've had so many people come up to me. It's like, man, I remember you know, skating with you at the church uh, skate park at Horizon, that was the best times of my life. That really helped me. So it made a good impact. Oh, thank you, man. It was, yeah, that was amazing. That money came in overnight. Yeah, this, well, you know, it, was, it wasn't us, right? <laughs> God is good. It was yeah. first season. Yeah, amen. Well, i got a lot of memories, Canton. I love you, bro. I love you too, buddy. Okay, Wally, thank you so Bye. much for calling. Oh, my pleasure. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Well, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was great. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, uh, Canton, we're almost out of time, but before we, we end the program, I wanted to just real quickly, could you tell us what Live and Proof is? Yeah, so Live and Proof is like more of like a skateboarding accessories, lifestyle brand, um, just more premium with the gear and the, the stuff we're going to be dropping. It'll come out in the next two or three months, and we got some samples rolling out here. We're kind of getting it out there, teasing it out there, letting people know it's coming but Live and Proof really is just representing kind of myself and, and the partner I'm, I'm doing it with, Brandon Turner. We both grew up, I don't know if you remember him, Brandon Turner, you know, skateboarded with me on Osiris, was on Shorties, grew up in Claremont. Um, he's had some rough times himself. He's been in out of jail three times. Wow. And, uh, you know, every time he would go, go in, he'd write me a letter saying, oh, man, I didn't do anything we talked about. You know, I would spend the night at your house as a little kid. He said he would take notes. He would go home and write down what I would tell him because I would tell him all these things like, don't do this, don't do that. You're going to get caught up with this. Avoid these people. Avoid this thing. And I just said, you know, just focus on what you love to do. Don't worry about the, the girls, the money, the drugs. Don't get caught up. You know, just just stay humble and um, and you'll do fine. Yeah. And he's like, man, I didn't listen to one thing you told me. <laughs> and so, you know, this last time that he got out, he's like, you know, I, I was finally humbled and broken and said, I, I, need to, I need to turn my life over and start doing the right thing myself. And he actually wanted to go to the prison with me to share his message to the prisoners, which would have been perfect. Yeah. Because he, and he's like, you know, we want to do something that shows that we're living proof of what you can do if you do stay humble and stay out of trouble. And he's, I've had to learn the hard way. He's had to learn the extra hard way to know that he never wants to go back there. And he's he's even outreached to some kids at some local churches in the neighborhoods and try to mentor them and give them some opportunities to do something cool. So if we can use Live and Proof as a platform to to support and do something for the kids and have something to to reference, which we didn't have growing up. Yeah. You know, there just wasn't a lot of people out there trying to do a positive thing. So we just want to say, like, look, we've been blessed with a lot. Now what can we do to get back and show that we're living proof that you can make it, you can turn your passions into reality and dreams and use it for good stuff. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Um, thanks so much for being on the program today. It's a pleasure. Yeah. I think a lot of people will be blessed by uh, the opportunity to listen to this and, and hear your testimony and hear uh, all that you're doing. It's very encouraging. 
And um, I'm going to be praying that uh, God really blesses us, and I, I know He will. So yeah, no, I'll, well, I'll come back. Uh, I'll come back another time. We'll do a part two or something. Yeah, that'd be a blast. I'd love yeah. it. Or maybe bring your daughter on. That'd, that'd be, be fun. great. That'd yeah. be a, a story in itself. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're if you're listening today, I hope you enjoyed the program. I sure did. I had a blast. And um, please check out CantonRussell.com because um, you can see what he's doing. You can you can purchase some of this stuff because. What, what's really cool is that you're buying, if you buy some of the clothing that he's making, it's going towards a good cause. He's investing this money into good places and good things, trying to reach out to kids and trying to help them um, stay out of trouble and know Jesus Christ. So, okay, I hope you have a great day. Thanks for being with us. Wave to the camera, Ken. See ya. See ya. Okay, bye-bye. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719.